Hello and welcome to Inside Retail, the podcast brought to you by Edited, the world's leader in retail intelligence, where we explore the opportunities and challenges the retail industry is facing. From fashion, beauty and homeware, myself, Grace Hill, will be chatting to leading experts in the industry to shed light on how retailers can create a brighter future. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Natalie Guzman, co-president and CMO of Savage X Fenty, the lingerie brand founded by Rihanna, that's renowned for its size inclusivity and for reimagining the runway with its two-time Emmy Award-winning Amazon Prime series. In February 2021, Forbes reported the brand was valued at $1 billion and has recently raised money to expand into brick-and-mortar stores opening their first store this year in Las Vegas. Today, we'll be discussing the transformational changes that the brand is driving in terms of inclusivity, diversity, and experiential retail in the lingerie world. Underwear currently makes up 4% of women's wear products online for both the US and the UK, according to edited data. And though this number may first appear small, According to Allied Market Research, lingerie sales on a global scale are expected to hit upwards of $250 billion in 2022. It's an exciting industry experiencing major change and innovation, and that's why today we're so excited to speak to a global leader in this space. Hi, Natalie. It's wonderful to have you on the podcast. Hi, Grace. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, of course. Well, as something new that we'd like to try before we deep dive into the very exciting world of retail and intimates, I wanted to learn a little bit more about you. So we've prepared some quick icebreakers. Think of this as edited version of Vogue's 73 Questions except it's more like 7.3 questions. <laughs> so let's begin. One question everyone in the office has been asking is, is it Savage X Fenty, Savage Times Fenty or Savage Fenty? Yeah, this one, um, people get hung up on a lot. <laughs> it's Savage X Fenty. Amazing. And I'm glad I asked that at the beginning so that I didn't get it wrong the whole way through. <laughs> so if you met someone who hadn't heard of Savage X Fenty, they must have lived under a rock. How would you describe the brand in three words? Lingerie by Rihanna. Amazing. <laughs> So obviously, we've all watched your amazing Amazon Prime show. Which was your personal favorite, volume one, two, or three? So I love all of them equally. But since you're making me pick, I would say the first one because it was a first. Reopened with an amazing performance, if you saw it. Yeah. And then it shut down New York Fashion Week in a big way. So that was really exciting for us. That was amazing. So what is your favorite item from your latest collection? Oh, that's tough. I, so we do monthly drops. Yeah. I would say from our Valentine's Day drop, it's probably the laced up teddy that Rihanna wore in the campaign. It's really beautiful. So much detail and it looks great on everybody. And what metric or KPI would your coworkers say you're obsessed with? Probably net promoter score. Okay. Now we know a little bit more about you. We'd obviously love to dive further into retail and also the Savage X Fenty business. So Nat, could you start off by telling us a bit about your background in retail and what your role as co-president and CMO entails? Sure. So I actually entered retail in 2007. My background has primarily been in the digital space. So when I first started my career, I started on the agency side. And then I did a stint in online ad sales before I found myself in beauty and e-commerce. 
And I spent about 10 years in the beauty industry holding senior executive roles before I actually entered into fashion. So Savage X Fenty is, you know, my first foray into fashion. Mm -hmm. But in my role as co-president and chief marketing officer, I oversee all areas of marketing, which includes brand, creative, omni-channel now, as well as growth, which incorporates media, customer acquisition, and CRM. I also oversee strategy, operations, and technology. And I split my president role with my partner, Christiane Pundarvis, and she oversees all the other areas, which includes product creation. So everything from designing to product development, merchandising planning, and then retail. How amazing, though, to have a partner to kind of divide and conquer and to grow this incredible business. Oh, yes. So obviously, I have my own opinions of what makes Savage X Fenty such an exciting and incredible brand in the intimate space. But what do you see the brand solving for in the intimate apparel industry? Well, I think first and foremost, it's just how we're celebrating everybody. It's how we're empowering women and speaking to and celebrating those who have been previously ignored or exploited. When you look at inclusivity for us, the Missy customer and the Plus customer aren't treated differently. We offer the full assortment to all bodies. You know, typical in the industry is that you'll start with a Missy size and you'll grade up from there. But the way we approach it is we sketch for both because we want to ensure that we have the best fit on all bodies. I think for us, it's also, you know, we're still a young company, but we're continuing to expand on the sizes that we're offering. And then just last year, we started offering all gender. I think it's also how we're reimagining how you shop intimate. So we are now omnichannel. I think you saw that we recently opened up two of our first stores, um, one in Vegas and one in Culver City. But for us, when we were entering brick and mortar, it was really about doing it differently. Given that we're all about confidence and empowerment, we want you to feel at the moment you visit either our .com or step into our stores that you feel what that, you know, confidence, empowerment, you see that coming through. I think no other brand is really leaning into sensuality the way that we are. Mm-hmm. Many of the newer lingerie and intimates brands today have really gone more towards comfort and fit, and we've really leaned into it. And for us, it's serving up that sensuality and that fashion for everybody. And again, it's also just the way that we're focused on fit. And, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more later, but, you know, really leaning into technology to really help solve, not just for finding your perfect fit online, but also in physical retail. Absolutely. I feel like the sensuality piece and also, as you said, like the inclusivity and diversity, like there aren't any other brands out there that dependent on your size that you can go to that brand and you know that you're going to find a product that is going to work for you and that's going to be offered for you in that size. How do you continue to stay ahead and continue to push the brand forward? You know, Rihanna's obviously a driving force for us. She's our visionary. She's our creative director. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, it's continuing to be who we are and stand for what we stand for. It's really leaning into this incredible community that we're building. You know, those that haven't felt seen or celebrated, you know, they're really feeling recognized and heard. And that's, I think, a big part of our success is just the sentiment that we're getting from our community. I think our product fit and quality is above par and it's at an incredible value. So we price all of our product really affordably. You know, it's our membership program, which we call Extra VIP Membership, which is essentially like a loyalty program for us. That is something that's very unique, especially within intimates. And it brings a lot of value. You know, it's like being part of a club where you get exclusive access. I think it brings our members closer to Rihanna and that they feel like they're getting something special that not everybody else is getting. 
And it's the way we do our monthly drops. We build this excitement every single month to where you can actually see the traffic before the first of the month where, you know, they're just so excited to see the latest drop. So even within your business, you can see that momentum building and growing based on the data that you have. Yeah. At the turn of every month, our biggest traffic is during the first five days of the month. I can imagine as well, there's a huge amount of pressure, right, within the business as well to convert that traffic. Yes. What strategies have you guys put in place to ensure that you are maximizing that metric? Yeah, I mean, customer acquisition costs is definitely one of the main KPIs that we're focused on. And given we're still a young company, we're really focused on growth and acquiring as many customers as possible. Mm -hmm. We've really mastered, I think, how to buy and optimize media. Given we're a technology and a marketing company, we really understand how to get that media payback into the period that we want it to be. So we're really great at creating demand. We're big in the social channels. We're always testing. So we built a really great funnel to generate as many leads as possible and, and convert them over time. But I think for us, it's really, you know, we have an amazing product. We have an amazing brand mm-hmm. and we have an amazing offer to be able to introduce new prospects and customers into the brand. And I think the membership is one of the things that's really helped us be able to build that loyalty and maintain that retention that we're looking for. I do genuinely think it's unique the fact that you offer the membership and that subscription service, especially within the space of intimates and also at such a kind of compelling price point as well. Out of curiosity, as somebody that's been with the brand since the start, how have you seen that proposition change over time? Well, I think for us, it's we're always trying to make it even better. So we pulse our customers at a minimum on a quarterly basis, surveying them to understand how are they enjoying the membership? How are they enjoying the brand and the product? And we take a lot of those learnings and we try to improve our experience. Our NPS is really high, especially within this category. Our customer satisfaction is also really high. And we're really proud of our retention rates given this loyalty type of program. And so I think for us, it's what additional value can we continue to bring back to our extra VIP members? And then how can we continue to make this program super exciting for them? So we're always leaning in and trying to evolve that experience for our customers. And and retail was a big component of that, of them being able to go and experience in real life our brand and try the product on to see for themselves the quality and the fit that we're very diligent about. It's so exciting that there is now that opportunity for your customer to experience the brand in real life and understanding as well, like getting to learn real time what your customers are wanting and like creating that sense of community. Because that was one of my questions was like the importance of sensuality to your brand. And obviously we've seen other major players pivot away from this narrative. And obviously, as you said, move towards that comfort angle. How do you think you guys have been able to win in this space? Well, I think it's because we have a really distinct point of view when it comes to our offering. You know, as I mentioned earlier, our assortment is available across the entire size range. Um, We're not creating a separate assortment for our plus customers and telling them they only get, you know, a small sliver of what we're offering. I think it's the fact that we're very much focused on creating that emotional experience with our products. So Rihanna has this great quote that I love. You can be as sexy as you want. You can be as comfortable as you want. So I think for us, it's really about being able to choose and define on your own terms, you know, how you want to wear lingerie and for who you want to wear the lingerie. 
We will never, ever compromise on fit. Um, we spend a lot of time perfecting it. Rihanna is actually there for all of her fittings, ensuring that the quality is up to her standard. The fit is up to her standard. And, you know, we're only in intimates today. So for us, there's still tons of opportunity to continue to expand on our offering. And we're, we're really excited about being able to do some of that this year. And obviously, when it comes to sexy, like from an aesthetic perspective, like what is the brand's approach to the modern day and inclusive aesthetic? Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll help if I talk a little bit about our assortment strategy and how we approach it. So we obviously, you know, we're barely four years old as a company. So we've been learning a lot over the last few years about who our customer is and what she's looking for and what's working for her. And so, you know, we have our everyday assortment, which is basically your your core basics, you know, what you would wear to work, um, what you would wear lounging around. And then we have a portion of it that we put towards new fashion development and innovation, where we're really leaning into new ideas, new silhouettes, and really testing and seeing what the response is going to be. Based on that, what we learn, we then can take some of that and, you know, those silhouettes will come back in new iterations, new colors, new prints, new details, but become part of our core everyday offering because we've already proven them as winning silhouettes. And so for us, you know, we're, we're willing to take risks on the fashion side, but again, not on the fit side. And so we'll continue to innovate for every season to see what else is out there and what's new. I think one of the things that was the most surprising to us is when we expanded into men's, you know, we were offering the standard assortment and we were actually really surprised by the response. You know, originally it was intended to be a capsule collection as part of our fashion show. We'd had like really great response from our 2019 show when Christian Combs made his appearance. Yeah, I was going to say Christian Combs was the first guy, wasn't it, that you collaborated with? Yeah, and we couldn't believe it. We sold out within 12 hours of our 2020 capsule for the fashion show. And so we brought it back for Valentine's Day of last year, sold out within 48 hours. And so at that point, we decided we were going to make it an evergreen part of our collection. So as of August of last year, we have a consistent men's offering. But what was really surprising, and to get back to answering your question, was, you know, we developed this cropped mesh long sleeve top for the men's collection, as well as some accessories that actually ended up trending on gay Twitter and sold out incredibly quickly. We bought it really tight, not expecting it, but it's opened up a new opportunity for us to continue to explore fashion for the men's category in a much bigger way. And so I think things like that, where we'll put something out there and we'll test it to see what the response is, and we'll then continue to lean in and iterate from there. And obviously you're getting incredible responses to these new categories on your products that you guys are bringing to market. Obviously, kind of bringing product to an underserved market that may not have had the opportunity to buy from a brand like Savage X Fenty previously. So you obviously mention sales and it's sold out. Like what other ways are you testing the response from customers and kind of giving yourselves the confidence to buy back into these products? We have a lot of data. So we're a very data-driven organization. And so we're looking at everything from how do they respond to the campaign? What is their conversion when we bring them to the site? What is the sell-through? Because we do monthly drops, you know, we expect, you know, a certain sell-through percentage in a 30-day window. We have a live dashboard of customer reviews that our design team has access to and can review. 
We're looking at the overall media performance as well as the comments that we're getting within our social channels as well as on our advertising to really understand what the response is. And then, you know, we're actually doing focus groups uh, and we're hearing straight from our customers what they're liking, what they're not liking, what's working and what's not working. And so we're, we're taking all of that data and we're really able to, um, share that back with our design and product development teams to either improve or iterate off of. One of the other things is if we release a product that we feel like isn't performing, and this is um, primarily from the dot com, we're able to change our product detail page image. And, um, you know, we'll go from using our regular e-commerce model to potentially using some of our user-generated content or some of our brand ambassador content. And we can quickly see if it was not necessarily the product, it was more the way it was being featured, the model that it was on. And we'll be able to see, you know, that performance based on some of the little changes that we're making like that. And so we're we're getting really granular and mo- and monitoring things like that for all of the styles that we're dropping every single month. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? Because from my experience in retail, it can be so frustrating when you've brought this incredible product to market that you're really proud of and you know that your customer will like. And then just purely based on exposure on the site, maybe it's getting, you know, low views, but high conversion. And how can you actually optimize that? And as you said, through small tweaks in exposure, actually give it the platform it deserves and seeing if that's a contributing factor to performance. Yeah, I mean, we're also looking, I didn't mention this earlier, but we have a team of in-house data scientists that are also building algorithms. So, you know, we'll look at different sales per impression, where it's ranking within the grid, you know, and we're looking at all those different factors and trying to build algorithms around making sure we're optimizing that experience. Because we're also collecting, you know, when you come to the site, you're invited to take a quiz. And through that quiz, we're getting an like idea of your style preference. We're getting information about you, such as, you know, what size bra you wear, what size lingerie you wear. And then from that, we're able to create a more customized experience. And um, we're building algorithms to take it up, you know, that next level to make it even more custom and personalized. That was something that I wanted to ask about was obviously, how does the Savage Quiz help inform your understanding of your customers and the decisions that you make within your role? Yeah, I mean, the quiz is really, you know, part of it is fun. You know, we want them to get a sense of the brand and what type of assortment we have to offer. And then we want to also understand who they are a little bit more. But it's really specifically about their sizing so that we can make sure that we're giving them the optimal experience based on, you know, inventory availability for their size. And then again, on top of that, we'll use filtering and algorithms and some of the data that we're collecting to make that experience a little bit more custom. And now that you obviously have physical brick and mortar stores, what is the relationship between that e-commerce and obviously maximizing the opportunities you have there and then obviously translating that into stores and the strategy? Yeah, I mean, we are looking at it from a very omni-channel approach. So obviously the experience you get on the website, we want to make sure that you feel that same experience when you come into our stores. I could actually say now, since we've opened our first two stores, and I've been to both, that we probably need to now go and elevate the site experience because the store experience has been so amazing. I feel like people think the opposite. (laughs) I know. I, I mean, it took us a year just to come up with and land the final design concept for our stores because we put so much thought into every single detail. And, you know, really, I would say that technology was a big influence because of the technology that we'd created already online. You know, things like what we call our member models, which allows you to, for every style, be able to filter by model. So you can find a model that's 
maybe closer to your size or more relatable to you from a body shape perspective and really see how the product fits. And so we were trying to figure out like, how are we going to take some of what we've been able to create online and bring that into the stores? And so for us, things like, you know, we did a partnership with FitMatch for what we call our Fit Experience, um, which does 3D scans of your body uh, and then makes product recommendations based on what we think is going to give you the best fit. We actually did 3D scans of the actual models that we're working with in all of our campaigns to be able to build our mannequins from. So all of our mannequins are custom proprietary technology, you know, is even based on like, we wanted to create this experience where, you know, you could walk into our stores and really customize it to you. So in our fitting rooms, you can adjust the lighting to set your mood. It's super fun. So if you have a chance to go to one of our stores, when you're here in the States, you have to, you have to have the full fitting room experience. What an exciting and fun project to have worked on. It must have been extremely creative and invigorating to kind of reinvent the in-store experience for shopping intimates. Yes, it was definitely exciting. You mentioned the FitMatch platform and kind of assisting your customers in identifying the correct size. But how do you see the data informing future product lines and ranges? I mean, that's a great question. I think the data will help us just really understand sizing in a more meaningful way. I mean, for us even, we've identified multiple body types that we're able to segment against. So, you know, you could be a plus on top and a missy on the bottom and vice versa, or you could be plus top and bottom, missy top and bottom. And so we're actually looking at, you know, those different body types and being able to really be more predictive on the inventory and design into product knowing that. So I would expect that with our technology with FitMatch and just really understanding the different body sizes and body shapes and and also, you know, how the body changes over time, whether all those different things that people experience with their bodies as they age is being able to have that data. And you can take it as many times as you'd like so that if you've gone through, you know, a change, you'll be able to go back and, and get your body scanned again and get your new recommendations. Yeah, because there's some frightening stats, isn't there, about kind of the number of women that are wearing the wrong size bra. But also there's the stat that women go through 33 different size changes throughout their life. So I think, as you said, to be able to kind of offer a product based on where she's at in her life and her journey, but also to be able to kind of use those insights on what's happening within your customer base to adjust your product and and fit moving forward is super exciting. Yeah, you said it really well. Well, thank you. (laughs) So you mentioned earlier, obviously, you're so, you know, the in-store experience has kind of really elevated the customer experience and you want to go back and maybe relook at e-commerce. How has that impacted your view of your e-commerce shopping experience? And how are you also connecting that customer journey between in-store and online? Yeah, I think if you were to ask my SVP of product and innovation, he is very anxious to kind of take the experience that we've created in stores and bring that now to the website. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the press around the stores, but for us, it had to be very experiential. Like it's almost exhibit like when you look at the different rooms that we've created and how we're able to tell stories and merchandise it. And so I think a lot of that excitement and energy that you can feel in our stores, we now want to see like, how can we bring that back to the website? But I would say, you know, when we look at how we've tried to blend the two together as much as possible, 
We have one room that has a giant video screen in it so that, you know, the content that we're creating um, for online, we'll be able to bring that into the stores. Every fitting room is outfitted with a kiosk. And in that kiosk, you can access all the content that we've created online. So again, you can watch videos of people wearing the product. You can look at the different models, find the one that you relate to the most and see how the product fits on them as well. You can watch a video on how to lace a corset if you're trying on our corset. You can sign up to become a member in the fitting room. So like we're really trying to bring a lot of the access and the tools that you can have online into the store experience as well. Um, but ultimately, it's just really being able to feel like when you walk into our stores that you feel that energy of confidence and empowerment, just like you see when you come to our website and you can access all of the incredible content that we create. Yeah. I think as well, just the color that from, and like you said, like almost exhibit-esque is probably, I don't know what I was expecting to see when I heard that you guys were doing stores and then seeing those images. You mentioned earlier, obviously your membership program, and then obviously being able to offer an exciting experience for those members in store, like what makes it unique and what would make a customer want to be a member? Yeah. I mean, the the biggest perk from being a VIP member is that you get to save up to 25% off all the time. It's also the access that they get. So they'll get access to exclusive product. Um, they'll get to see the product before anybody else. So some of the things that we could do in retail is be able to have these exclusive events for our VIP members where they'll get to preview the collection before anybody else and shop the collection before anybody else. And I guess you get some amazing reads, do you, from your most loyal customers as to how they're responding to those products and items? You know, we have a really good relationship with our customers and the community that we've built. And so, you know, we'll conduct um, what we call Meet the VIP. Pre-pandemic, we were able to do those in person. Now we've been doing them virtually, but we get to hear straight from them how they're feeling. And then, you know, we'll survey our entire database, as I mentioned earlier, on a quarterly basis. And so we get a lot of really great data. Um, they're very responsive and um, willing to share all sorts of things about how they're feeling about the brand and what we're offering. Yeah, I guess it all comes back to that sense of community, right? And the fact you've done such an incredible job in creating that and that brand loyalty, whether that's through your subscription or for what your brand stands for and, and its values. It's so exciting that you have the data to be able to kind of action off that and create a product line that they really want and are voting for, as it were. One thing I was interested was, obviously, we know Valentine's Day is such a critical time from your loyal customer base, did you witness any kind of notable shifts in their behavior during that time period versus maybe previous years? Well, I would say anytime we put a collection on Rihanna, it sells out. So I think for us, it was, it's kind of hard to tell from an assortment standpoint if there's been any shifts, but I would say definitely they leaned into lingerie a lot more this year and more of the accessories than they did in the previous years. I think because we were still in the pandemic, some of our more comfortable Valentine's Day styles kind of popped. Yeah. And I think as well, it's really interesting what you're saying. Like we're seeing in our data as well, the shift away from loungewear and more into kind of going out and embracing other product categories. So it's interesting for you to kind of see changes there. Obviously, how do you guys see lingerie tests and preferences evolving in the future? Like, do you see there being white space opportunities that still exist in the market? There is, I think, a lot of opportunity and we're hearing from our, our community the desire for us to expand into additional categories. Mm -hmm. For us, it's really about continuing to 
you know, lean into product that just makes people not only look good, but feel good. And it brings that emotional aspect of confidence and sexiness and empowerment. And so I think for us, we're going to continue to lean in there. But um, the biggest thing will probably be being able to expand into categories outside of intimates for us. One thing I did want to go back to is your breadth of sizing that you offer. Obviously, a lot of retailers kind of are unsure about the payoff that inclusive sizing offers them, and they only need to look at your brand to see the success that has brought. From my own experiences, I know that lingerie can be a a challenging uh, product category to bring to market with such a broad size range based on the number of components that are included in a bra, for example. And obviously, each size may require a slightly different size component, so um, which can bring, bring obviously huge production challenges. But have you guys faced challenges within your organization and your supply chain in bringing that vision to life and that offer? I wouldn't say we face challenges in bringing any of that to life. You know, we're definitely being very thoughtful about how we're expanding the size range and offering. Um, again, we want to make sure we're bringing value and really focused on getting the fit right. I would say for us, the bigger challenges when it comes to supply chain is probably pretty similar to many other companies out there where it, it was just like the primary shipping delays really impacting, you know, how we were launching product, um, the costs that were associated with it. But when I, when it comes to expanding the size range, whether it's up, down or both, um, you know, we're, we're focused on bringing in the different sizing based on what's right for our community and our customer. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's based on all of that incredible data that you guys have within your business, right? To determine which are the sizes that you should be offering and what the opportunity is there. Yeah. So even in our quiz, if your size isn't listed, we ask you to give us the size that you're looking for. And so we're looking at that data to try to determine where there is, I guess that that could answer your white space question where there's opportunity to expand. Yeah. Yeah, because I I know from obviously my experience in merchandising, right? And a lot of our clients are obviously like when they're analyzing the market and their competitors offering, right? Like whether that's in denim or lingerie, like what is the size range? But the, you know, the planners or the merchants challenging, you know, are we actually going to see that size perform and that size sell? But the fact that you guys have the opportunity for your customer to vote for that and share what sizes and what the opportunities are must give you guys confidence in backing that from a commercial perspective. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned obviously supply chain and and cost pressures and obviously inflation has been infiltrating retail, which has obviously led to luxury brands announcing um, obviously price increases, whereas mass retailers have been choosing to maybe discount less to combat the pressures of rising costs and protect those margins. But how have you had to react as a business to this? I think for us, it's been really about focusing on the long-term growth and profitability of our business. And so given there are a lot of challenges, you know, not only in the media landscape with, you know, increased privacy regulation, but also with the continuing challenges from, you know, this pandemic. For us, we're really focused on the the long-term. So very similar to what you were saying, you know, we don't want to discount. We already feel like our membership adds, you know, that value. And so we're really just focused on those key seasonal periods and events where it makes sense to offer a discount. But for us, we're really focused on continuing to lean into our brand awareness, brand affinity, telling our story. You know, we expect that 
this is definitely a period of, of challenges, but hopefully it's coming to an end. We're starting to see, um, you know, with people being more comfortable going out and going back into the office that, you know, we're going to start getting back to a place where things are going to feel a little bit more normal. And so we're just focused on that, that long term, um, instead of, you know, really feeling like right now we have to squeeze anything, you know, to hit those numbers. Yeah. And I think as well, like you obviously have such a consistent offer with through your membership program and that 25% off. So I think like you've kind of been able to control that narrative and that consistency where so many retailers have felt this pressure of having to retrain or train their customer based on what they need to do as a business in terms of their promotional strategy and pricing. Yeah. One thing I would say to that is, and again, when you look at our, our membership model, which is really about loyalty is we're getting our customers to come back to the site every single month on their own. And so for us, it's like you were saying, it's really about we already offer an incredible value as part of our membership. And so for us, we don't have to worry as much about, you know, enticing them to come back with some some crazy discount. How did you guys determine what that value is? Like, is there, when you guys created that model, what kind of influenced that, would you say? Yeah, I mean, we did some pricing analysis. So we looked at where the competition was and where we wanted to sit. The other piece of it is, and and this is why we wanted to get into the membership, is because of the data that we're collecting, we're able to be very predictive on our inventory, which allows us to cut out a lot of that waste so that we can continue to provide that incredible value. So because we don't have a lot of waste, we're able to pass that savings back to our customer. I have one final thing that I ask all of the guests that come on the podcast is what is the one thing that you would love our listeners to take away from this episode? I would say that change is possible. Um, you know, we want women to feel confident and sexy no matter their size, their shade, their shape, ability. And so as women, we deserve that. And I think Savage X Fenty is proof that you can, you can make that change. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you today. And it's been so insightful and fascinating um, to hear your perspective on the industry. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our latest episode of the Edited Inside Retail podcast. Many thanks to today's guest, Natalie Guzman from Savage X Fenty. To read further edited insights on this market, please check out the link in the description of this episode. You can find that along with all of the rest of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to hit follow or subscribe. I've been Grace Hill and I'll see you next time. Bye.